listening to Success Unwrapped with Heather Vale. Welcome to Success Unwrapped with Heather Vale, the weekly radio talk show where we unwrap and reveal the secrets that successful people use, and you can too. Available at successunwrappedradio.com. This podcast is sponsored by GoToMeeting.com. Part of business, we have to go to meetings, but it can be a real waste of time and money. And we know time is money. If you're driving two hours for a one-hour meeting or flying to headquarters for a half-day training session, you could be saving time and money by meeting online with GoToMeeting. You can invite people to meet you online. They can see your computer screen on their monitor. You can meet as long as you want, as often as you need, for one flat rate. You can try GoToMeeting free for 45 days with no credit card required by visiting GoToMeeting.com and typing in the promo code PODCAST. That's GoToMeeting.com and type in PODCAST. Try GoToMeeting free today with no credit card needed. My guest this week is Jeff Keller, motivational speaker, seminar leader, and the author of the best-selling book, Attitude is Everything, Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, which has been translated into nine languages. He also writes two motivational newsletters, the acclaimed Attitude is Everything and the e-zine, Here's to Your Success, has created motivational audio and video programs, and is the president of Attitude is Everything, Inc., a company that works with organizations to develop achievers and help people reach their full potential. But he started his professional career taking a different path before he found his true calling. Jeff, thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, thanks, Adam. Delighted to be a guest. How did you begin your journey researching success secrets and eventually beginning a career as a motivational speaker? Well, actually, Heather, it started by my being miserable as an attorney. I had graduated from law school in uh, 1980 and thought I'd be a lawyer the rest of my life. But I found that I really did not enjoy that, Heather, and I was just getting more and more down and depressed about being a lawyer every day. It was one of those jobs where you drag your behind in every day, and I was getting the headaches and just very, very down. And I did this for several years. And then eventually I got so bad, I was in my den about five years later in 1985, and I just had had enough. And I said, there's got to be more to my life than this misery, Heather. And eventually that led me to books and audio programs on attitude and the power of the mind. And this was to me like water in the desert. And I got so excited about this stuff on attitude and motivation that I was reading and studying while still a lawyer in that field, so it was really a hobby at that point, and just kept going with that till I got the urge to start doing some teaching, which I did in adult education, and that led to more and more speaking, but it really was born out of misery and unhappiness, but these principles are so powerful that they can change any life just as they change mine. How long should people endure the misery and unhappiness before they go out and pursue their own dreams? Well, I don't think there's a timetable, Heather, for any one person. For me, it had to get pretty bad, and I had to be very miserable. Uh, I always like to say that if I if I just had a you know a low level of misery, I would have stuck it out, and I probably you wouldn't be speaking to me today, and I'd be a lawyer. <laughs> uh, and that's true, Heather. The, the problem is, I was really got to the point where the vice was closing on me, on my spirit, and I was miserable. I was very, very discouraged and depressed. So that, you know, every day it was just like, you know, counting the minutes. So sometimes when it gets to that point, you know that there's other things that you have to look for. And again, at the point that I was miserable, Heather, I had no inkling 
of doing anything else. I mean, you know, you, 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 you spend years to be a lawyer. And I had the slightest idea of what to do. So I believe life chooses us for some of these things to go through. But in my case, it got so bad, I just said, you know, I can't keep doing this. And once I sort of just threw my hands up and said, you know what, you got to help me. I can't do this anymore. This is just, you know, I'm rock bottom. And that was when I magically became drawn to books and tapes on attitude and the power of the mind. So uh, I like to tell people also that, you know, I don't have anyone else's answer. You can't say that there's a formula for when you throw in the towel of one thing. I do believe that most people either can make a gradual shift from one career to another. Uh, in other words, I didn't just, you know, drop everything and go to circus. Yeah. That's the first sign of being miserable. Uh, what happened to me is I saw that I loved attitude and motivational stuff, so every waking minute outside of my uh, regular practice as a lawyer, I would read and study that material. But this was just a hobby for several years, and I really phased it out really over. I, I was an attorney for five to six years after I first started reading the attitude and motivational material. So I, I would tell people, because I think a lot of people had to use it as an excuse. In other words, they'll say, I'm a lawyer, I'm earning X dollars, I have a family, I have a mortgage. How can you expect me to just give it all up? Well, are not, you know, people are not asking you to give it all up, but you have to start to think, what is it that I like to do? What is it that I am passionate about? How could I do something with that passion in my spare time? So if you like to sing, you know, this, you, you don't have to quit your job. You can find a place where you can take singing lessons at other times, and you can go to a local club, and you can, if you're good enough, you can go in there, and even if you're not good enough, there's probably some that will take you. And you can sing on the weekends. If you want to write, you can't say that I don't have time to write. I mean, anybody has time to write in their spare time. David Baldacci, who was the, you know, the famous novelist who did Absolute Power in those books, mm-hmm. but he, was, he was also an unhappy lawyer in a way. And what happened with him is he would write between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. every night. Again, I, that wouldn't be my schedule. Either. I, I sleep during you know, that, that, that time. But to him, that was okay. He, I guess he was a night owl. But he did his writing during those hours of 10 to 2. He had a family. He was still an attorney. And for the first five to ten years, he earned zero. He was just doing it to learn how to write novels and to learn the craft. And eventually, he was given several million dollars for Absolute Power, which eventually, you know, starred Clint Eastwood. And he's gone on to do The Camel Club, many other, you know, I mean, hugely sold millions and millions of books. He knew his passion, and he knew that he didn't have to wait, he didn't have to quit his job as an attorney. But the thing is, once you find the passion, then you're going to want to engage in it. And that's when you become alive. See, I was like spiritually dead as an attorney. And there were things about it I liked, but most I did not. And once I started to... See, I didn't set out to say, okay, I don't like being a lawyer, let's be a motivational speaker. You know? <laughs> I don't think most speakers and trainers and coaches do that. It's that your passion and your destiny finds you. And that's the magic of all this. People do ask me, what if I don't know what I want to do? Like me, I was miserable. I do say this. If you will start to become more and more positive by reading positive material, by being with more positive people, by limiting all the negative junk you allow into your mind, this will then create the channel and the environment where the passion will speak to you and reveal itself to you. It is not going to be revealed to you when you're angry, miserable, judgmental, negative. It's like you're clogged, like a pipe that's clogged. 
and spiritually you need that to be open. So I, I, I'm not one of these believers. I, I've gone to many seminars where the man or woman up there will scream, well, you know what your passion is since you were a child. I did not. You know, I would just thought I did not know what my passion was. Uh, so I want to give hope to people that if you will be positive and live your life in a positive way, then the avenues will open up to you of what you're supposed to be doing. Actually, that's really interesting because I've interviewed some people who say that. They say, look at what you've done since you were a child, what you loved doing as a child, and that's where your passion lies. And I listen to them and I think, well, it doesn't quite work for me either. (laughs) And I don't know about you, but I was, you know, as a child, I mean, I did very well in school, but and I had friends, but I had very low self-esteem. I was scared of my shadow. There is no way that I had any kinds of dreams or visions. or I, I don't, you know, people re- always know, like when you ask them, what do you want to be when you grow up? They'll remember I wanted to be a nurse or a policeman. Mm-hmm. I don't remember any of that. Right. I'm being, I'm just telling it how I did it. I don't remember any of that because I was, I was living in such a closed little box. And again, I, I had a wonderful life with wonderful parents. I don't mean to say I was, you know, uh, had some terrible life, but it was so narrow. And, uh, and, and my feelings about myself were so limited that I didn't allow myself to even be open to that. So, you know, it's easy for someone who's creative and, and, and has a, a flair for this to say because they had such an experience. But, you know, I guess one thing I have learned, Heather, is that the principles of success, while there are universal principles, and I'm a strong believer in that, the way the, the key that unlocks each person is slightly different. That I've certainly learned. When you're talking about the universal principles and you talked about being magically drawn to the right things for you, basically you're describing manifestation through the law of attraction, but those terms don't show up in your book. Why not? A good question. A good question, Heather. Uh, most of my book, is, it comes at it through attitude and thinking, speaking, and acting in ways that support your success. I think, uh, and again, one of the, one of the chapters there is, um, you know, your human magnet. So I think if you really look at the book carefully, that readers will find that law of attraction principles are there. There is no question that in the last two or three years especially, law of attraction as a phrase that's used has become much more prevalent. And I will also say that in the things that I listen to and watch, law of attraction is much more prevalent. It certainly is gaining. Uh, Here's where I think the biggest contribution of law of attraction, again, the principles are really not that much different than what I would call the standard self-help messages of the last hundred years, Mm -hmm. which is belief creating reality. And even within that, within all of, whether you're listening to Norman Vincent Peale, Zig Ziglar, myself, or anyone else, it's always about attitude, belief, uh, visualizing, affirming, the words we use. Principles are the same. What I would say that law of attraction has added to the discussion and I, I would just say it has reframed it, is the role of emotion. I think that that is one of its most valuable contributions, is that law of attraction has demonstrated and put to the forefront how, yes, what we think about is certainly crucial, our thoughts, that's where it starts. But what really manifests, what you, the, the real power and the fuel is the emotion that is attached to the belief or the attitude. And that is a critical thing that I think is a very valuable thing that it has brought uh, to the table. So I do think that the principles are the same, that, that uh, belief creating reality, magnetizing results the same, but I do feel that, that it, it is very, very crucial that emotion be put into it. One thing I have found, Heather, with the Law of Attraction materials is that 
as simple as they would like you to believe it is, and the principles are simple, the million-dollar question is how you get somebody to follow and focus on the beliefs and the emotions that will cause the manifestation. Uh, you, you can watch The Secret, movies like The Secret. Yep. You, know, you can watch it a hundred times, and that would help you probably more than anything, is to watch it a hundred times. But people who watch it once will say, oh, this sounds very simple. And what they will do is they'll say, okay, well, I can now, I know what I want, so now I'm just going to put myself in that feeling state. And they find great difficulty doing that, a lot of people. There's a, there's a different key that unlocks each person to get there, but I think that is the challenge of law of attraction is, and being the optimist I am, Heather, I believe it will be solved. And, and what speakers and authors are going to have to come up with is more and more powerful techniques that quickly get people into the state of emotion that they're asking you to get into to get what you want. Which is so many people have those old tapes that are playing, those old CDs in their head that just keep destroying that. Now, something that I saw recently, which I, I feel was a very good contribution here, is that of uh, Mike Dooley. Mm-hmm. And it's very simple. It's not that he, he you know, said it for the first time, but he made an important point that in the visualizing, even if you spend five to ten minutes a day visualizing and feeling what you want to manifest, as if you already had it, five to ten minutes, that that can counteract, if it's done with emotion, you know, many of the other negative thoughts of the day. And I find that to be true. I do find that to be true, and I think that's one way. People get overwhelmed. They think, well, I have to sit for five hours, you know, in the lotus position. <laughs> and I have to, you know, I have to just juice myself up with these emotions. And what happens if you really try to do it too long, you're, you're almost going to get crazy doing that. If you do only a few minutes, but do it diligently every day, you will find that a lot of times you will come back to that during your day. Uh, and it really can counteract a lot of the negative thoughts that flow, you know, throughout the day. But the million-dollar question is getting people from an intellectual or even emotional understanding of the principles of manifesting and putting themselves in that state, because a lot of people find that to be very difficult. Of course, when you're talking about attitude, we could add that if you improve your attitude all the time, instead of just for that five to ten minutes a day, you're going to get even more dramatic results. And that's a lot of what you're teaching as well. But let's go back a step, first of all. We all start out life with a clean slate. So why do so many of us spend years with a negative attitude? Well, what happens, Heather, is after we start out with a clean slate, then we get into situations where, I I, I used to call, you know, we all have an attitude window that we look out of. And we start out, as you said, very bright and shiny. And then a little dirt and smudge gets kicked on the window. You go to school and you see the other kids in school, and maybe you don't draw, you know, with your crayons as well as they, as, as they do. And I, that was me. I, was, I always had that thing, uh, I'm no good at uh, artwork. So I, I immediately picked that up. Why? Because I saw the other kids next to me doing it much better than I did. And then you'll have the situation where, you know, my brother went through the school, and my brother was very bright, and the kindergarten teacher will say, well, he's not like his brother. You know? So then there's another little bit kicks off. So what happens is the attitude flames start to get lower and lower. You're kicking a little dirt on the attitude window, and eventually you start to, to be very cautious, and you start to be very negative, and you start to get, especially at a young age, the belief that you cannot do certain things. Now, at the same token, it works the other way. You might be good at sports. You might be good at you know math. And, and in these things, you have your belief system set up, and your attitude is very positive and optimistic in those areas. But what happens is that gets reinforced the negative ones are getting reinforced, 
you start to feel worse and worse about yourself. You start to say, I cannot do these things. And what you do is you carry that out into your life. And if you are not very conscious about that, then you're going to keep doing that till you're 20, 50, or 80 and wonder why your life's not working. And in many ways, you know, I, I had that for a while. So I'm fortunate that, you know, in my mid to late 20s, I started to wake up a little and start to understand how precious every thought that goes into your head is. So how does the negative attitude actually affect our experiences in life? Well, if thoughts are going to create results, which I do believe they are, then what's going to happen is if you say, I'm no good at fixing things, like I used to say and, and said for many years, well, then anything that goes wrong, you're not going to be able to do it. When I say not be able, you have convinced your mind that you can't do it. And here's what happens when you're pessimistic. The attitude, Heather, is not the only principle of success, but I believe it is the, I'll call it the granddaddy of all of them. It is the one that activates all of the other success principles. And here's what happens. And even if we just take attitude, let's just call a positive attitude being optimistic. Let's just take it at the simplest level. See, optimism is what fuels all of the other success principles. So that if you have a negative attitude, like you had mentioned before, say someone has a negative attitude, well, they're never going to persist to do anything. Because if I, if I believe I can't accomplish whatever I set out to do, then why on earth would I persist? I'm not going to get there anyway. I might as well quit early. So you don't have persistence in your ammunition. You need to have courage to be successful. You have to go out on a limb sometimes. You have to push that comfort zone. If I believe that I cannot do something or it's not going to work out, then why would I subject myself to that ridicule or discomfort that might come with following through there? I'll just say, you know what, I'll, I'll fold the tent early. I, I can't do that, so I'm going to stop. Now, we could go on and on, but negativity and, and, and pessimism is always going to stop you in your tracks so that you'll never go forward with anything. It is only the person who believes that they can achieve something or be something or have something that is going to keep persisting and keep going, which is, you know, one of the, uh, which are necessary elements for success. Uh, I've had people challenge me this way, Heather, and say, well, what about spiritual growth? Isn't that everything? Well, I'm still going to stick that attitude is everything because if you don't have optimism, you don't have love and those positive emotions, you never get the spiritual growth. I mean, how many people do you know that you would say are great spiritually evolved people who are negative and mumbling and say that life stinks? <laughs> Zero. Zero. So there must be a correlation there. The question is, which comes first? I can say in my own example and in the example of every other person I've met that I consider to have gone down a spiritual path, Heather, it always started with them being optimistic and understanding the power of their mind. It's not that they just became spiritually enlightened and then became positive from negativity. It can't spring from that. And one of the fascinating things that I have found is that all the great teachers, authors in this field, I see that 99% of them start out with what I would call traditional positive thinking, cognitive thinking models. Either they start there, you look at a person like Wayne Dyer. Wayne Dyer, you know, people see Wayne Dyer now, listen to Wayne Dyer, they see a lot of the spiritual programs that he gives. He was a psychology professor. I mean, his breakout book was Your Erroneous Zone. And if you look at your erroneous zones, which became a bestseller, and he quit right when he was going to be tenured at St. John's University in New York. He left right when he was going to be tenured and decided he was just going to go out and sell this book and do what he wanted to do. So he took a big leap of faith also, his magical journey. But that material he wrote at the beginning, it's all very valid. But the place that he is in now, 
from a spiritual standpoint to everything. It's just a natural progression. And I find this with all authors, all speakers, my own journey. I look at everything through a spiritual lens now. But yet everything I'm saying in the other material is valid. I, I also think that's the reason, Heather, why people have trouble with law of attraction uh, manifestation, is that it works well for those who have some spiritual awareness to how this whole process works. If you come out, if you take somebody who is absolutely negative, cynical, judgmental, and you say to them, here's law of attraction, here's how it works, you know, go do it. <laughs> it's like you're asking them to go from, you know, the second step of a ladder to the, to the 13th right. in a leap. And I think, it, you know, I think that there are a lot of people who have to do those intermediate steps. I believe I had to. I believe that the vast majority of people have to go that route. They have to understand first how the thinking works, that the thinking is creating the reality, that the, that the negative attitude does not serve them. Uh, I have found negative attitudes does not serve. I know some people could disagree with that, but I, don't, I have never found benefits to being negative. It's not about denying reality, but I've never found a benefit. But it's that you don't make that leap from being very negative to what I would call applying spiritual principle. And the spirit, there is a spiritual power and flow to law of attraction. And the more you understand that part, that's when, you know, you see those are the people who are using law of attraction to the maximum and really getting the most benefit out of it. Everyone will get there, Heather. I believe we'll all get there. But it's a question of your path may not be to jump from negativity and cynicism right into that. You can visit Jeff Keller's website at attitudeiseverything.com. And I hope you've enjoyed the first segment of our interview. But it's not over. There's a full 200% more than what you just heard where we delve deeper into these success principles. To unwrap the full interview and get lots more tools for success, just sign up to become a Success Unwrapped member on any level you choose at successunwrapped.com slash members. This has been Success Unwrapped with Heather Vale. Be sure to tune in to the next edition of Success Unwrapped, helping you to unwrap and discover your own potential for success. Until next time, keep unwrapping. I'm Heather Vale. This podcast is part of the Blueberry Network at Blueberry.com. That's spelled B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com.